We wouldn't be able to keep this archive going without your support. Donate online today at WISR.org. This is Bishop Phoebe of the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee, and welcome to Faithfully Memphis. Each Thursday morning, we broadcast live from WYXR 91.7 FM out of Crosstown Concourse in Memphis, Tennessee. And we have the chance to interview a guest to learn more about their life and their ministry and the role of faith. Before we get started this morning, just wanted to let you know that we are in the midst of the 2023 Spring Pledge Drive here at WYXR. We are a nonprofit community-based radio station, so any support that you can give us is greatly appreciated. We're at 70% of our goal, which is amazing, only 30% to go. And so there are lots of ways that you can donate. You can go to WYXR.org. You can call us at 901-460-3031 or I believe there's also a way that you can text, text donate, D-O-N-A-T-E to 901-460-3031. So thank you in advance for your support. We normally start each episode of the radio show with a saint of the day. And month, next month, May, is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. So um, I'm going to approach this segment a little differently. Um, I think we're all aware, uh, because of the issues raised during COVID, that there are many, many people suffering from some sort of mental health condition, which can include depression or anxiety, uh, mood disorders or personality disorders, trauma, uh, which can lead to either eating disorders or substance use disorders. And when we suffer from isolation or sickness, uh, grief in any aspect of our life or job loss, all of that can contribute to declining mental health. So the theme of the 2023 Mental Health Awareness Month is you are not alone. What a fabulous theme. So if you are having any issues connected with mental health, please reach out and connect with others and know that it's okay if everything is not going perfectly. So I just sort of Googled, right, that wonderful <laughs> resource guide, uh, saints that are connected to mental health. And two Roman Catholic saints came up. Um, Saint Dympha is someone that Catholics turn to when experiencing worry, fear, and anxiety. She was born in the seventh century to a royal family in Ireland. While her mother was a devout Roman Catholic, her father was not religious at all. Unfortunately, her mother died when she was 14 years old. And because of his grief, her father had um, a very significant uh, mental illness, almost to the point of insanity. And he decided in his sickness to marry his daughter, since he no longer had his wife. Um, 
the girl knew that this was wrong. She fled to Belgium with two uh, servants and a priest. But unfortunately, her father tracked her down and the men who were with him killed the priest and they were instructed to kill her if she refused to marry her father. Um, and she did. She refused and her father um, ended up killing her. And so she's known as the patron saint for mental illness, as where as well as the patron saint for therapists uh, and for incest victims. So really tragic story about a horrible consequence that can come from untreated psychosis. Her feast day is May the 15th. There was another saint who came up whose feast day is April the 16th which was earlier this week. And he is St. Benedict Joseph Labray. Um, he really lived on the outskirts of society and tried three times to enter a monastery and to begin life as a monk. But the monks turned him down because they were really concerned about his lack of stability. Uh, he was really considered an eccentric and basically constantly moved and traveled and never settled down. And so those persons who suffer from mental or emotional disorders and who feel unable to really connect with the people around them um, can turn to St. Benedict for support. So again, um, I'm really glad that we have a month dedicated to the issues of mental health awareness that starts May 1. And um, hopefully, if you or someone you know is suffering in this way, you will reach out for help. And again, just a quick reminder that we are in the midst of the 2023 Spring Pledge Drive here at WYXR. Uh, you can donate uh, by going to wyxr.org, um, and you can also text uh, 901-460-3031, uh, donate to give that way. So this morning, we are really excited about our guest. Reverend Manasa is with us. Uh, she is an AME minister with a BA in political science from Cal State University, Northridge. And she got her MDiv from Fuller Theological Seminary. She's the CEO of Manasa Wellness. And the mission of this organization is to equip and empower stressed out women and men with a series of mindful tools to help them live healthy and productive lives. So good morning. Good morning, Bishop. <laughs> it's great to be with you in the studio today. Thank you. I am so thrilled to be here. Wonderful. You know, I just want to say there are so many things that I admire about you. And today you're just so on the real. Let's talk about the fact that people have mental health issues. Yeah. Let's talk about the fact that that stuff happens in people's homes, you know, or let's just whitewash it and say, you know, God will take care of everything. But we got to talk about it first. And so you are such an advocate. You've been such an advocate for me. And to see you here and I think about 
Welcome to being a bishop. How awesome. Now here's a <laughs> pandemic, right? Here's a pandemic. How are you going to deal with this? And again, yeah. you had to say, where's the church going? Yeah. What are we doing? Okay. What's women doing in the church? You, know, I appreciate you being on the real. That's the, the, the path to healing. Yeah. Is let's get real about it. I feel cray today. Yeah. Right. Or I feel murderous. Right. Right. About hop, Whatever. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so thank I appreciate you. That. Thank you. So let's learn a little bit about you. We normally start by asking our guests to give us a sense of the role of faith in their mm-hmm. lives when they were growing up. So share with our listening audience. Did you grow up in the church? I grew up in the church. I went to Parks Chapel AME Church, which is which was what you still is in San Fernando, California. Mm-hmm. And I went every Sunday. My mom and my aunt dropped me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did not attend with me. And I went there and I have a love for the church and the liturgy and that real connection. Mm-hmm. And so even though I don't do the traditional church thing now, unless I come and visit one of your churches. Right. My, that spiritual connection, that understanding of that oneness, mm-hmm. that under no circumstance am I ever alone. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Is a, a big part of that. Yeah. But yes, I love, I, I, you posted a picture of you in your vestments for mm-hmm. Easter. And mm-hmm. I was like, I love the vestments. I love the liturgy that, because to me, it's all the path to get you to mm-hmm. the divine. So yeah. whatever your sacred tool is, it's to draw you closer mm-hmm. to the divine. So what motivated you to start Manasa Wellness? Were you aware of sort of needs in the community that led you to start this organization? Yes. One of the things I realized is that you've talked about where's the church going? Do mm-hmm. we need a building anymore? People are leaving the church. What is the cause of that? And I find that there are a lot of people that call themselves spiritual. Mm-hmm. But what they really mean is they're anti-church or anti-religion because of something. Mm-hmm. But just like I can't say, well, I'm the bishop, right? There's a process to do that, that to even be a spiritual person. What is, how are you feeding your soul? Mm-hmm. How are you connecting with the divine? So I find that there are a lot of people who were malnourished. They were hungry for something, but they didn't know what to eat or here, let me off. This is the plate I offer. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me going on that. Got you. So tell us a little bit about the services that you offer. Well, I, my, I do two things. I do corporate services where I will come into your office and set up a mindful space mm-hmm. because we spend the majority of our time at work. Mm. And so that can be, if you take a look at statistics, you have often said on this show that the pandemic didn't cause the problems in the church. It showed what was right. happening there. And so the pandemic did the same thing for the American workforce. Mm. It showed where the real stress was. Mm-hmm. And so said, so well, go home and relax. Well, I can do that. But when I come back to work, all the stress that was waiting for me. And nowadays, can I really leave work if my boss can text me? Right. And so I set up a mindful space, a place where your employees can go and have a few minutes to relax. Mm-hmm. And then for 12, 14, or whatever amount of weeks we decide on, I do a Mindful Monday or Wellness Wednesday where I will lead your staff through a meditation and then be there to help them. Because oftentimes, most people aren't used to taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So this is like a foreign concept. Mm -hmm. No, when I'm stressed out, I just ignore it. Or I have an extra set of Skittles. Mm -hmm. Or I have a flask, right? Yeah, right, right. (laughs) So those tools may have their purpose, but let me give you an additional set of tools. Okay, And so it's to equip people 
And then hopefully there are leaders in your uh, corporation that I can then train on how to do mindfulness. And then I release that to them so Mm -hmm. it can grow organically. Mm -hmm. So how did you learn yourself healthy coping techniques when you're facing, you know, stress or uncertainty? Because I had so many unhealthy ones. Mm, mm-hmm. So when I came to a place like this is not helping me. Yeah. What What do I do? So Google or before I love books. Mm-hmm. And so go to the library and how how can I help myself? I love self help books, self development books. Mm-hmm. So it was beginning those, and of course my girl Oprah mm. started talking about self care and taking care of yourself. Mentally. You know, this is back when she had her show, so she would have all these amazing guests on, and I would get their books. Mm-hmm. Or look them up. And so that began the process. And then I began studying with John Kabat-Zinn, who's like the godfather of American mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And I see that for our, for, for our community in two ways, one, you and I as women, mm-hmm. that oftentimes we don't know how, and of course, Emily also, mm-hmm. that we don't know how to take care of ourselves. We know how to take care of everyone else. Right. And then, boom, I'm in the hospital, exhausted, dehydrated, because I made sure everyone else was taken care of. Mm-hmm. And then as black women, again, we know how to give and serve. And then as high achievers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't say, well, are you identifying yourself as a high achiever? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. You don't become a bishop. You don't become own your own business unless right. you're. And so, you know, hustle, grinding, I'm pushing. But those things aren't sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, how do I make sure that I'm in the longevity? Mm-hmm. And that began that process, working with John Kabat-Zinn, the Palouse community, and then getting the training mm. of how to help. And I'm, I've been a helper my whole life. Yeah. That's why I'm a minister. I want to yeah. help people. Yeah. And so that it's, to me, it's all. Got it. So what was your path that brought you from California to Memphis, Tennessee? <laughs> well, my path was in California. I quit my full-time job and began my coaching, my mindfulness coaching business. Okay. And then my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, wanted to also, she's a nurse, so nurses are helpers. She wanted to do a medical respite home in California. Mm-hmm. So a medical respite is you're not sick enough to go to a SNF or a, or a, a LTAC. All of those are medical terms for places they're going to take care of you until your acuity comes down. Mm-hmm. But if you are minimally housed, mm-hmm. you may not have a clean home to go to right away, and that's going to yeah. bring your healing. Right. Well, the truth is to get a house to do that in California, do you have a million dollars to start? Right. Okay, this isn't even your business. This is purchasing right. the prop. And so she was working with a young investor out here and he said, come and see what we have. Huh. And she came out here. She's like, I like it there. Yes. And so I always try to say something. Well, you know, following the no, she was like, I'm leaving. going. I'm like, I'm going with you. You're right. not getting away from me. Right. And then we love it here. Oh, wonderful. That's, yeah. Oh, you, you live in the South? Yeah. Yes, but what you think of the South, you know, those are black folks saying that to us. That prejudice and bigotry is everywhere. Mm. At least in the South, in some ways, it's like right here. Mm-hmm. So how can I love you anyway? How yeah. can I say, where can we find work? How can mm-hmm. we work together to fix this situation? Mm-hmm. Where if it's hidden or under the covers. Yeah. I had never lived in Memphis until I became the bishop in 2019. And I have to say, like you, as a relatively recent transplant, there is so much to love about Memphis. We we have our challenges, and I think 
the past year in particular has been really hard for Memphians, but there is a spirit of energy and there's willingness on the part of a lot of people to try to improve things. Sometimes people don't know what to do, but I think there is a desire to kind of want things to be better. So like you, I'm also really enjoying my time in Memphis. Yes. And I love the four seasons. Yes. Except for this morning where spring is like, I'm in your nose. I'm in your sinuses. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as a relatively uh, recent transplant to Memphis as I am, you know, what are some of your thoughts about the issues facing our community and the extent to which mental health issues may be a factor in some of the stuff that we see on the news every single day? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is here is how do we take this Bible Belt location Mm -hmm. and loosen the buckle? No, the world is changing. And the generation under me, you know, I'm a late boomer. Mm-hmm. And, the gen, you know, they're not just going to do things, right? Because I say, well, this is how it is. I say, no, because I went to Google and it told me this is how it is. Right. So we've got to have the conversation mm-hmm. and understand that the way things were done, it's either working or it's not. Mm-hmm. And if it's not working... It doesn't mean you failed and it was bad and we should have never done that. No, it served its purpose. So let's have the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, one of my biggest thing is that many, that oftentimes a side effect of a religious practice or even a spiritual practice can be powerlessness. Hmm. Say more about that. Powerlessness. Right. So for you and I as women in ministry, we couldn't in the two biggest denominations here, Southern Baptist and Kojic, we can't preach there. Mm. Right? So why? Because there was a time when empowering men was important. But when you make women powerless at the one spot where I should be able to step into my glory, it makes me powerless everywhere. Hmm. So when I come to you and say, hey, this is not right, and together we can make a difference, you say, well, I, I can't do that. Mm. So you've, you've helped me be powerless. Or, well, you know, I get it. You don't want me doing this, but... You know, so a man will say, well, I'm just powerless to make a change. Right. And so we've got to understand that master teacher Jesus said himself, you will do greater. Greater things than I did. Yes. I mean, I was uh, I was I was the guest speaker at a church. I talked about just before the triumphal entry. Jesus did the biggest miracle. He raised Lazarus. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can feed a bunch of folks. That's good. No. Yeah. You made some wine out of some water okay that's great yeah and you healed some people but let's stop that bringing someone from the dead and so part of mental health is let me draw you back from the death of yourself let me draw Mm. you back from the death of hope let me draw you back from the death of I can't change my Mm -hmm. family has always been this way people tell me I'm crazy I'm afraid I'm alone Mm. we're talking about being alone and in Los Angeles, they have the metro system, and it's underground. Like a subway. Like a subway. Mm-hmm. And one day, I was like, ah, why is the train not coming? I was all upset. Well, someone had killed themselves by oh. throwing themselves in front of the train. And I bring that up because for that person, you, you couldn't just go from, you had to walk, get to the train, 
go down some stairs. Go through the turnstile. Go through the turns. And I thought, you were walking by people. Yeah. You were not alone. But where they were at. Mentally, they, they were it was by, like they were the by themselves. Correct. And I think, what is the darkness that yeah. surrounds you that you can walk down a street full of people, downstairs, elevator full of people, and then stand on that platform full of people? Wow. And that's, that's death. Mm-hmm. And to me, what you do at advocating for people and what I do in equipping people, let's pull you back from that death because mm-hmm. you can be, he was obviously physically alive. Right. But he was dead the whole, he was dead man walking. Yeah. That wow. whole step. Wow. I love that image of if we're in the Bible belt, how do we loosen the buckle? Yeah. yeah. How do we loosen the buckle to allow people the freedom to try some new things and to understand if it doesn't work out, that's okay. You're not a failure. You know, sometimes if you read about um, the works of Thomas uh, Edison mm-hmm. or any inventor, and they will talk about the hundreds of thousands of times they did experiments before they hit just the right formula. So no one gets it right the first time around. And I wonder why it is that we put so much pressure on ourselves sometimes mm-hmm. to get everything right from the start. I think it's two things. One is that, um, you know, our theoretical construct of the American frontier and they went out there and the very first day they built these log cabins and they, you know, so yeah. like even the whole story of Thanksgiving mm-hmm. where really those pilgrims were like dying and the Native Americans came to help them. But instead of presenting that as like they were failing here right. and with collaboration, they were able to work it out. You know, that can do spirit. And all those things are good. Mm-hmm. Someone say, well, so-and-so is a self-made millionaire. That's not true. Someone bought a million dollars worth of their stuff, right? No one's self-made. That yeah. is, we've got to change the terminology. Mm-hmm. And so that's it. You know, hustle and grind. Pull myself up by the bootstraps. So our, let's, maybe we need to have a conversation about language. Mm-hmm. What am I saying? Yeah. I don't even wear boots. So how does that, right? How does, I guess I need, I need to get those. I was in, um, Lynchburg, Tennessee at Jack Daniels. Uh huh. You might want to bleep this out now at the Jack Daniels distillery. And I saw people wearing cowboy boots and shorts. And I thought, is this a, is this how I know I'm really Southern? I need yeah. to get me a pair of cowboy boots <laughs> to wear with your shorts in the summer. Correct. Yeah. But, yeah. You're right. The language that we use influences so much stuff and it may be that we're not even aware yes mindfulness uh, are you my, what are, are you, you even talking about right 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 so so i would imagine that you have come across people in your line of work for whom even an introduction to this topic can be really scary uh do you have any tips or thoughts about for someone in our listening audience who may be hearing about some of these things for the first time and the initial reaction is, well, I I don't know, I don't know, anxiety or fear. How can we not be afraid to even approach the subject of mindfulness? That is the $100 million question. Yeah. One of the reasons when I set up a mindfulness workplace before I even go to the employee's 
I demand, or let's put this in the contract, I have to work with the leadership team for two weeks Mm -hmm. because most of them are unaware Mm -hmm. of how they lead, of how they interact with people. So here I set up this beautiful mindfulness space. Your employee goes there. You're like, why did the priest go in there? Ah, That means they're feeling stressed out. So now I write them up for that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so that now basically no one wants to go defeats in there, right? the whole purpose. Correct. So we've got to have a talk about being aware. So let me, here's the simple thing. Go to Overton Park. Okay. Go to Shelby Farms Park and just walk. Yeah. That's the easiest way to get in contact. How does it feel to be outside? Mm-hmm. And just because I feel my feelings doesn't mean they control me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm feeling angry at, you know, like the Hulk. Hulk, we need you to get mad, they say in the movie. And he says, I'm always angry, right? Are you always angry? Why? Let's just talk about that. Mm -hmm. Because like poor St. Dimpha, some sort of mess might have happened or something really simple. Like you were the middle child or the youngest child. And so no one ever took you serious. Mm -hmm. So you're always mad about that, Mm -hmm. but you don't know it. And now decades later, you're an adult and you're still being triggered by things that you don't even know what the underlying root cause is. And that is, it's the triggers. See, stress isn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's a very good thing, right? When our ancestors were in Africa and they're hunting and you hear click, click behind you. Okay. Is that a lion that just stepped on something? A hyena? Or is that your friend getting ready to prank you, right? Right. So I'm going to run as fast. That stress says run as fast as you can or turn around and fight for your life. Mm -hmm. But nowadays the stressor is if I get, (laughs) I I work at Baptist hospital and sometimes I have to get on the nurses about these reports that they need to do. Mm -hmm. Right. It's all about compliance. So I went to one of the nurses and he says, if you're coming to talk to me about these reports, I'm going to go postal. I said, well, you're getting ready to go postal, right? Yeah. That sometimes you just have to say, I need help or yeah. I didn't get this done. Right. Again, that view, what got you triggered? Because mm-hmm. stress is fight or flight. So if I need to run from this situation, why? Mm-hmm. Or if I need to fight in this situation, why? Mm-hmm. So my, the simplest way, because I understand, again, powerlessness. Yes. We have people come to the hospital. You have COPD, diabetes, all these horrible illnesses that could have been treated It had you come in last year, right. the year before. But, well, I didn't come because God will make a way. Okay, mm-hmm. God did make a way. That's why there's Google. That's why there's WebMD. Come to the hospital. Get mm-hmm. your asthma medicines, you know. Get a glucose meter, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you couldn't breathe. Why didn't you tell someone? So again, the challenge for mindfulness and you, you got that is that people are like, I have the power. Yeah. And that's a weird place. Right. It's almost like a foreign concept Mm -hmm. to us. And again, if we are in the Bible belt, if we are in a part of the country where, you know, church attendance is higher probably than in other places, and we serve one who really came to empower. It's a very interesting. Now watch out, watch concept. out, Bishop. You talk, <laughs> you you getting ready to get on some radical ground right here. I'm letting you know. The, isn't it interesting that we've so domesticated our understanding of what it means to be a person of faith that in some ways we have hindered ourselves. Mm-hmm 
from coming into the fullness of who we we were intended to be. Indeed. In the name of God. Why would people execute some really nice man? Let's get back to why would Jesus be executed? He's just some really nice guy Mm -hmm. helping people, right? He was a carpenter. So, you know, he had a good job just helping people. Right. Right. But when he went when he went into the church and threw stuff around, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying go to church and throw stuff around, right? right? But when he confronted the powers that be and said, what are you doing? You're supposed to be representing something divine. And you're then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we need to get the government involved. Right. 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 Again. So that, yes, the even look at the seven days of creation mm-hmm. or the six days of creation, the seven seventh day of, day of Sabbath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You watch this. Hi, I'm God. Let me introduce myself. I want light. Well, say, well, no, God invented the sun and the moon. No, those come later. So let's work with energy. Let me bring this. I always say, I wish the divine feminine had more to say on that fourth day, because that's where crawling creatures came. It's like, <laughs> mm, we could have a talk about that. But watch this amazing, I create, I think, I want, and after doing all that, I rest. Yes. So when I say to you, hey, take a time to rest. Oh, I can't do that. Right. Did you read the first chapter of your book? Right. So if God, even God rested on the seventh day, of course, we need to rest on the seventh day. I'm just saying it's all right there. (laughs) Read the book. Read the book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it sounds like, in a sense, um, there's a lot of room for growth and there's an opportunity. I don't get a sense that you are hopeless. I mean, you know, do you sort of see the current situation that we find ourselves in as an opportunity for us to maybe do better or learn more or to have some different patterns? I do. And the ugly for something, the the ugly has to come up so we can see it. And that's what I see is happening around. It's those last vestiges of Mm -hmm. I'm frightened. I, you know, I don't want this to change, and so I'm going to hold on to it. And and so it's all a good sign. Mm-hmm. My mom, like you, you both have the same birthday. You know that Pisces, yes, hopefulness. Yeah, I'm. You know, I tell my mom this is a horrible, horrible situation. She's going to see the good in it. Yeah. And so I have a bit of that illness of hers, right? <laughs> yes. There's there. There is hope. We will do more. We have come to do better. All things are working together for our good. Mm-hmm. And so I stand on those promises mm-hmm. and that divine knowing. Yeah. You know, um, someone told me that how something simple when doctors and nurses, these, Oh, if I wash my hands before I touch my patients and I wash my hands in between patients, life expectancy blew up. Right. right. Cause, cause germs. Right. So as the knowledge grows that we have the power to take the love of Christ and the actions of Christ. You know, my seminary professor said he wishes not just the words of Christ were in red. Do they even still do red letter Bibles? They don't in, in no. current version. I think that's really the King James version of the letter. Bible. So we're, we're dating ourselves. Correct. So Correct. Talk about Here we go. <laughs> but he said he also wished the actions. Yes. Were in red. Jesus were in red because, huh. you know, like the, you know, the whole issue of him at the woman at the well. Yes. She lets him know, dude, you're supposed to be ignoring me. I'm supposed to be in disempowered in this situation. Let's do this. And he, Jesus is like, can we continue? I'm trying to empower you yeah. and heal you at a place that mm-hmm. you don't even know. Yeah. You know, the woman with the issue of blood. Again, I'm not supposed to be out here because these rules outside of the book right. told me. And so here I am crawling on the ground to try to get my healing. And then Jesus stops everything. 
and right. says, my daughter, mm-hmm. your faith. Well, how did he know she had faith? Mm-hmm. She wasn't at church. She wasn't declaring it. Her actions. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, again, when, you know, people say God to make a way, if you look at the Bible, God doesn't just do stuff. It's not like floating around. It works through people. Mm-hmm. You know, the story of the woman with the, um, the oil. Mm-hmm. Prophet says, okay, here's your faith. Philip, take all the things you can find in the oil keep. But yes. if she said, this is ridiculous, she wouldn't, she, she wouldn't have had any oil. The, the possibility was already there, mm-hmm. but she had to act. Yeah. And so that's to me about mindfulness. You have to act. Mm-hmm. Do you want to feel better? Do you want to be healed? Right. And Jesus always respects people enough to ask the question he doesn't assume correct do you want to be healed because he's right. like why no i want to continue to be ill well some but sometimes people are not ready to be healed correct because whatever our current state is there's a routine and a rhythm that we may have become comfortable with and if we become healthier that disrupts the system correct correct and so again so that brings about to what's happening here in the south yeah. Do we want to disrupt the system for health right. or do we want to, is the sickness, you know, what is it? The devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't know. Or, right. You know, is the sickness better because we know it. Right. And that's what I see is that the sickness is rising and the healing is all around. But again, that question, do you want to be made whole? Yeah. Well, that's a, an interesting, interesting concept. I never really thought about that. Uh, and, and what Reverend Manasseh is talking about is in the old King James version of the Bible, the words of Jesus used to be printed in red lettering and everything else in the Bible was in the, te- the, stip- the typical black print, mm-hmm. black type. But if all of his deeds of healing and ministry, if all of his actions had also been in red, that would have said to the reader, pay as much attention to what he did as to what he said. Correct. I never thought about why they only put Jesus's words in red as opposed to his deeds. Wow. I have to reflect on that. Because what do you remember about Jesus? Most people don't know what Jesus said. said. Right. And, you know, I think even for us going through life, uh, I heard someone say once, person is never going to remember 10 or 15 years from now what you said, but what they will never forget is how you made them feel. That's right, Maya Angelou. How did, when they walk away from their encounter with you, how do they feel? Have they been seen? Have they been affirmed? Or have they been diminished and ignored? And Jesus was someone fully present who saw people without judgment or condemnation. And I think that's why people were so captivated by him 2,000 years ago. And even in the midst of all of our brokenness and our mistakes and misguided things that the church has done over the years, I think that's why the church is still here. Because of the way he made people feel. Indeed. And the freedom. Yes. And that comes back to that whole thing about mental health. Do do I have to, so do I have to be perfect? People, I've heard so many conversations of people like I'm coming off social media. Mm. Because again, faking and flexing. Yes. Right. I didn't tell you it was a hundred takes 
to make this perfect video of me looking beautiful. All you see is is the final product. And it's like, look, she knocked this. Oh, please. Right. Yeah. I think social media, you know, it's an interesting development and from us being in our age group, you know, I didn't grow up with a computer Mm-mm. or anything electronic. In fact, when I went to college, I actually had an electric typewriter and I was so glad that it wasn't a manual, right? Because <laughs> I learned how to type on a manual. And so that while there's so much positive that social media can be used for, I also think if we try to present this image as if everything is perfect, um, it then leads other people to feel insecure about things that they shouldn't because it's not perfect for anybody. I agree. And also, so coming back to my roots of the AME church, mm-hmm. can I go to church? Like I see people in some non-traditional churches wearing shorts to yeah, church. They just show and up. I'm just like, I might be able to go to church in a pair of jeans. Right. Right. But I could never, right. I shouldn't say never. Right. Because, but how, because of how you were raised. Correct. That, you know, be all dressed up because, you know, respect God's house. That's right. true. But if the respect is an inside, who mm-hmm. cares what I'm wearing? Yeah. Yeah. So how do we get to the heart of what's most important? And maybe that's a lifelong journey. And so yeah. that's another reason why I played that song. You've got a friend. Everything that Jesus did was done in community. Yes. Yes. He and didn't so, do it all on his own. And us being isolated, I think we talked about the pandemic exacerbated things. Yes. That man was not made to be alone. I mean, that yeah. statement is so very true. Humans are not good. We're not good by ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. so the community and to have a safe space to come and say, I have a, um, we're talking about failing. So I have a mindful, a morning mindfulness, uh, little thing I do on YouTube. And today the theme is about failing gloriously, failing gloriously, just fail. Yeah. Because you fail doesn't mean you're a failure. It means the thing you did didn't work out. Doesn't mean that you didn't work. Out. Correct. So how can I fix that? Yeah. Where can I get that? And that is the beginning of mental health to have a community where you can say, I felt like staying in the bed all day today under the covers. Yeah. Or I ate a gallon of ice cream and five muffins. That would be my confession. Yeah. Because I felt depressed. Right. And if you say, wow. Yeah. What was the ice cream flavor, right? Right, right. <laughs> Versus you did. Right. right. Have that, you know, the beauty of a 12 step program Yeah, to be able to go and say, I'm an alcoholic and this is what happened. And yeah. there's no judgment there. That, right. that is the beginning of mindfulness. Who am I? Yes. And how am I operating in this world? Yeah. To at least start by being honest with the person you see in the mirror every day. Because while we may be able to front for other people, mm-hmm. the one person that we are always with 24-7 is ourselves. Indeed. So if we're lying to ourselves, that's really deep. But I would think that for all of us, right, if we're honest, there have been times when we couldn't be honest with ourselves about the truth of where we were. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So a very simple tool Get any book by Thin Not Han. 
yes. And he is a, is, is he a Buddhist? Yes, he uh, was a Buddhist m- monk. monk. Yes. But they have pictures of him and Dr. King together. Yes. I'm like, what? His, the way that he talks about mindfulness is just be present with your breath. When you're washing the dishes, be present with your breath, right? Because again, let me come into this moment. Right. When you're walking, be present with just that. Yes, I have a whole routine that I do about mindfulness, but mm-hmm. the simplest way is take that breath and be present right now. Wow. Because I'm safe in this space. Yeah. So you mentioned just a few minutes ago um, that you did something about failing gloriously via uh, your YouTube channel. Yes. So if people are interested in learning more about Manasa Wellness and your work in the area of mindfulness, how can they be in touch with you? The simplest way is to go to YouTube and just put in Manasa Wellness and you'll find me there. Monday through Friday, I do a Mindful Mornings with Manasa little inspiration. Short, so is it a short video? Like, yeah, like five minutes. I okay. try to keep it. You know, us preachers can, yeah, yes. I try to keep it at five minutes uh-huh. and a way to start your day mindful and connected. So I'll read something like from Unity or Science of Mind, from Oprah, whatever is mm-hmm. the inspiration. So you're in effect using social media to put something positive out. Correct. I have my little church every day at for five minutes. Wow. And so Manasa is M-I-N-N-A-S-S-A. Correct. If you want to search for that uh, on YouTube. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being present with us today for this yes. conversation and for the positive energy that you are putting out in the world. Thank you, Bishop.
Welcome back to the show, and we want to thank you for listening today. Just a reminder that you can follow Faithfully Memphis anywhere you hear your other podcasts, including Apple Music and Spotify. So we encourage you to not only listen to the podcast on one of those um, networks and encourage family and friends as well, but also to subscribe and to give us comments if you have thoughts or ideas or suggestions about um, topics that are of interest to you. I did want to, in closing, um, make the listening audience aware of the fact that, you know, we are broadcasting from Memphis and in the state of Tennessee, we've had a number of highly publicized uh, incidents involving uh, gun violence and uh, just this week, the three bishops from the three Episcopal dioceses in the state of Tennessee issued a joint statement uh, encouraging the members of our flock to really get involved in addressing this epidemic of gun violence in our country from the standpoint of what our faith commands us to do, which is to really be concerned about human life. And so um, all three Episcopal dioceses in the state of Tennessee have the statement posted on our respective websites. Here in West Tennessee, you can find it at edwtn.org. Uh, as our guest, Reverend Manasseh, said during our conversation earlier, as Episcopalians, we are trying to be part of the conversation about all of the significant issues facing our respective communities. And yes, God is concerned about the care of our souls, but uh, if people are hungry or if people are thirsty or if people are scared or if people are hurt, they can't even get around to thinking about God. And so our understanding is that uh, faith is holistic and that God cares about all aspects of who we are. And therefore, as people of faith, we are called to care for all people and to try to be involved in whatever it's going to take uh, to make a difference in this world. So thank you for listening. And uh, until next Thursday, brothers and sisters, stay safe and stay positive.